Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of Feel Good Friday, episode 72 of FGF. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to another one, another one. The 4th of July just passed. It was actually on Tuesday. Um, crazy uh, weekend of partying. Now it's a weekend because since it's on a Tuesday, that's that sets up this whole thing where it's like you could party Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some people were off Monday, had to go work on Tuesday. Some people were off Tuesday, but had to work Monday. Then some people were off uh, Monday and Tuesday, and they just didn't stop partying all weekend. Um, some people weren't off at all, you know, I work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but, uh, it was a nice blend. It was a nice blend of like the party just, it seemed like it was never ending. There were fireworks from Friday to Tuesday. There weren't fireworks yesterday because it rained all day. It stormed, but in Hadley's mind, what's the fucking difference? Poor Hadley. Um, obviously Hadley, one of, uh, one of my three dogs, the, uh, the gentle giant, very, very sensitive. She doesn't like the loud noises. Fourth of July is always a nightmare for us. Um, so I did my best to keep her at bay throughout the weekend because she was uh, not having an easy go the past week. Because even if you take out the days that people were lighting off fireworks, like it was the fourth of July or something, uh, there was a lot of thunderstorms, several thunderstorms. She doesn't like that either, so... She, she's been going through it, and uh, I just did my best to uh, comfort her as much as I could, because she deserves it. She's a great dog. But I hope you had a good 4th of July. I know I did. Um, you know, I, I'm almost 30, and I still just love watching fireworks. You know, they're just really cool to look at. And yeah, I kind of feel like a like a little bit brainless sometimes a little bit like a zombie just like oh ooh, ah like but you know they're they're pretty i like things that are aesthetically pleasing and i think fireworks are just that you know what i decided i don't like though are the whistlers i think they're very annoying and they're usually not like big either i like the big ones i like the ones that shoom, like that the whistle the that's you know i think i think we can um i think we can do without those that's just my opinion as an american i get an opinion especially on the 4th of july and i think the whistlers are are kind of um kind of not cool you know what i mean but hey maybe that's just me maybe you like the whistlers if you like the whistlers go for it but you're going to stand there owning the fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, hoosker do's, hoosker don'ts. I don't know the whole monologue, but it's, uh, it's from Joe Dirt. Another great American movie. There was a thing that was, what was the greatest American character of all, or what is the greatest American character of all time? Captain America is obviously up there for me. Kenny Powers, up there for me. I would put Hulk Hogan... Up there for me, Hulkamania Hulk Hogan, not Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, because technically, even though Hulk Hogan is a it's a real person, he's out there, he's doing real things. You know, he's getting in trouble for racist comments and whatnot. He's a real guy. Uh, Hulkamania, that, that, was, that was a character that he built. But man, 
I was always just filled with American pride whenever I would see him. Um, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have been America. It's not the greatest country in the world, but damn, I do love freedom. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I hope you had a good 4th of July. I know I did Tuesday night. I went over to my neighbor's house. They actually bought a bunch of fireworks. Uh, so I was able to watch that. They lit them off and I sat on the side with the women and children, you know, just where I belong in terms of masculinity. Um, but it was still cool. Just kicking back and watching that. Watching things go boom. People like watching things go boom. Well, at least in America, they do. Um, so that's why 4th of July is so big. Now that 4th of July is over, though, obviously the next big holiday is Columbus Day. Um, kidding. Halloween. We'll talk about that later, though. 4th of July, though, I, I do love it. I love the smell of fireworks. I love that smoky smell. Um, now I know we don't need any more smoke. We've been getting some smoke from Canada from the, all their wildfires. Thanks, Canada. Pfft. Keep that shit under control, yeah? Sorry, eh? Um, so we got, we got smoke from them, and then, you know, 4th of July happens. So now there's the fireworks smoke. So environmentally, pfft, we're in a bad spot right now. But uh, it's okay. We'll be all right. I think we'll recover. We always do. Back-to-back World War champs, America. Um, but I do love the smell of fireworks, post-fireworks. I do love watching them, like I said. Love watching things go boom. They're really pretty to me. Um, I always loved when they would have like a theme to the show. Like they would play music that I really liked, whether it's Disney or rock and roll or I think there was a Star Wars one. Harry Potter. I've never seen a Harry Potter one. That would be really cool, though. That would be really cool, actually, yeah, now that I think about it. Uh, maybe I just found my new profession, firework shows. Although I still have yet to actually light, like, an actual firework in my life. I still have not done it. Even this year, when I had them, like, they were literally right next to me. Um, I did not volunteer to light any of them off. And so I have still gone 30 years of living without lighting a firework. Well, 29 years of living. I'm going to be 30 next month. No biggie, if you wanted to... Send me a, you know, little money on Venmo and be like, hey, you know, go have a shot on me. Or maybe a little bit more money and be like, hey, go, go buy a new car on me. But I just paid off my Kia Rio. So life is good. Life is good. Um, yeah, I always like the 4th of July. Obviously, it's a summer holiday. It's like the biggest summer holiday. It's right in between that the Labor Day and Memorial Day. Um which is, you know, you got the start and the end of summer. Those, in my opinion, those are the two that kick it off and end it. And uh, 4th of July is like, a, hey, we're halfway here. We're going hard. Let's go even harder. Yeah. Dog days of summer are coming up. Let's get drunk. Let's grill some burgers. Let's grill some dogs, some brats, some ribs, you know, some pulled pork, some chicken, whatever you want. Um, I guess 2023, you can have vegan burgers, whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun holiday for sure. Growing up, I used to always go to my aunt's house cause my aunt Lynn, her birthday is July 5th. We just went out for lunch for her birthday. We used to always go to her house. She would have a party and it was always super fun. That was actually one of those parties was the first time I really got drunk. I was in high school and, uh, my cousin Mikey and my cousin Jamie had their friends over and, uh, really responsible 
group of uh, people right there. Sarcasm, but really fun. And uh, they were playing some drinking game with vodka, and then they passed it to me. And, of course, one thing led to another, and I was dry heaving in front of the toilet. My dad walked, and he's like, you see? You learn your lesson? And, uh, well, now I'm an alcoholic, so I'm not an alcoholic. I'm fine. Is it too early for a beer? Yeah, 5.47 in the morning, probably too early for a beer. Uh, Anyway, that's America right there. Yeah, no, but it was always, the party was always a great time. We used to always go in the pool, play some volleyball in the pool. We used to set up the net. Um, It was always fun. Jump off the garage roof into the pool, play basketball in the pool. We had the little basketball that we would put on the deck right next to the pool. Um, Just hanging out. We would always do the parade at the end of the night, which that was honestly my least favorite part, probably because it involved walking. And, you know, fat little me was like, you just go back in the pool. But uh, I went on it. I did the walking. Looking back, I would I would love to have done that again. Because I don't know if we're going to do that again, you know. After my grandparents died, it, we don't see each other as much. And it's a bummer. So I kind of cherish those memories now more than ever. Fourth of July was always a fun one. In terms of fun for, like, my family get-togethers, Fourth of July was top tier. Maybe Christmas could compete. Maybe. But I think it would go, in terms of fun for family get-togethers, 4th of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter. And then, you know, birthdays and random shit are thrown in there too, but those are those are below all those holidays. Yeah, I think 4th of July and Christmas could duke it out for the top spot. 4th of July could definitely make the argument for being number one, though. It's a fun holiday. It really is. It's just a fun holiday. Um, but fact of the matter is, it's past. It's July 6th now. We're looking ahead. We're looking to Halloween, people. We're looking to Halloween. Now, I'm going to play that intro music, but when we get back, I'm going to rank fans of the Halloween holiday. You can call it Spooky Season Fans, Double SF, SSF. Or you can say the full name if you really want to get that, that, you know, breath exercise in. You want to go the the extra mile, if you will. So I got my little tier system for spooky season fans. And then we got a bunch more to talk about. Billboard came out with another uh, top 50 list. Not individual rappers. This time it's rap groups. So we're going to go over that. Um. We got, I have a, I have a fly problem that I have to get off my chest because it's driving me. I feel like I'm in a horror movie. Like I feel like soon enough, if these flies keep appearing, I'm going to go insane, but, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right. Let's play that intro music. Episode 72. Thank you for coming back. I don't know what I'm doing that, that keeps it coming back, you know, but, but I appreciate it nonetheless. So, uh. All right, LFG, baby. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. We're back. Feel Good Friday, FGF, episode 72. Just sent my flowers to 4th of July, and that intro had a little American intro right there. 
Now, granted, I'm probably not the, the most patriotic speaker of all time. I can get you pumped about food. I can get you pumped about Wendy's Spicy Nuggets. I can get you pumped about a buffalo chicken footlong from Subway. I can get you pumped about a steak burrito from Chipotle. You name it, I can get you pumped about a pizza from Fat Ricky's, baby. But America, probably not because there's like a 95% chance I would say something and it would be completely wrong. So that's why I didn't really go into it too much, but I sent it. It's flowers. I gave it the respect it deserves, I believe. It is a fun holiday, super fun, a lot of memories, a lot of fun, a lot of things going boom. Love that. However, it's passed. And now we are 117 days away from Halloween. 117 days away. God, I could, I could smell it. I could smell the pumpkin spice and the apple and the cinnamon and the pump. Well, I just said pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice and pumpkin, it's, I guess it's the same thing. I could smell it all. I could see the the vintage decorations up now, the dark cloudy days, breeze in the air, like it's a little chilly, but it's not awful, hoodie and shorts weather, the orange leaves, the yellow leaves, the red leaves, the brown leaves, not to, you know, know, not to bring color into this, but in this instance, I think it's okay. Yeah. Can't wait. Super excited. So... Since 4th of July just passed, um, I'm seeing a lot of posts that are like, all right, now that that's over, happy Halloween. So I think there's a tier system to fans of Halloween, to spooky season fans. And I kind of made it up. I put it out as a status yesterday. It didn't go over well, so I took it down. I kind of, I test the waters with my statuses. I throw them out there, see how they do. And uh, if it's Mm -hmm. like two hours have gone by and it's got three or four likes it's gone i take it off because i don't want to look like a loser who wants to look like a loser i probably look like an even bigger loser for taking it off very uh self-conscious and pretty lame to be honest but uh it is what it is so i took it off however i am proud of my my tier system for spooky season fans and uh, i'm gonna go through it with you right now if you're okay with that a quick, uh, quick, a quick commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by, I'm just kidding, I have no sponsors yet, but uh, I'm working on it. Anyway, all right, so tier one, 1A, tier 1A is the, this is a lifestyle, people. The, these are the diehards, okay? This is spooky season year round. This is Halloween all year long. These are the people that it, it never ends. These are the people that if they have a chance, they will talk about Halloween whenever they can. These are the people that are constantly looking to watch a good horror movie, snuggle up, watch a good horror movie, that are constantly following the the Halloween pages on social media, looking to be reminded of their favorite time of year. I am Tier 1A, and I know I'm far from alone. Now, Tier 1B is the people that say spooky season starts after Christmas. Because Christmas is a really big holiday. I have struggled with, do I like Christmas more or do I like Halloween more? Ultimately, I, I do believe Halloween comes out on top. But I get it. Halloween's over and you look forward to Christmas because it's a great holiday for a lot of people. For some people, it's, it's not great. So some people don't look forward to it at all. 
me, I look forward to it. Um, however, not as much as Halloween. So that's the second tier. The people that say spooky season starts after Christmas. So January to October. So that's 1A, 1B. Then you got 2A. 2A is the people that say spooky season starts after the 4th of July. That's where we are right now. Ding. You are here. That's a lot of people posting, you know, all right, now that that's over, happy Halloween. I've seen that post multiple times already. That's where, that's where we are. I love those people. I do. I think starting to celebrate spooky season in July is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Am I, you know, proud to be a year-rounder? Yeah. But am I happy that there's a lot of people who started after July 4th? Absolutely. And I think it's growing in popularity. Because I see more and more of these posts every year. And now thanks to all the social media pages I follow, I'm seeing what places are already selling Halloween decorations. Word to Hobby Lobby, TJ Maxx, and at home and whatnot. So I like that. I like that tier. That's a solid tier, in my opinion. Like, that's a tier that we can definitely have some conversations about Halloween. We could probably have them year-round, but they don't really start getting stoked. And maybe, you know, it's possible that people make these posts and it's just an act. They just want to look cool. I think by now at this point, you know that my shit is not an act. I genuinely love Halloween. Again, lots of great memories growing up. And uh, I just, I can go into how much I love it. I'll, I'll do that at a later time. But... From what I see, there are a lot of people that it starts after July 4th. And then, then you got, I'm going to call them just regular fans. Just fans. Straight up. Fans. July 4th people, they're big fans. These people are just fans. That's the people that it starts in like August. August hits. That's to them. Like to them, that's like, all right, summer's over. Like June and July is summer. August comes, um, even though the weather's not getting cooler, like the dog days of summer happen in August, to them it's like, all right, we're going back to school in a couple weeks, it's time to start looking forward to Halloween, it's that time of year. Those are some, those are fans, those are fans. And then you got the casuals, that's the last tier, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, what are we at, 4A, mm-hmm. 4B maybe, um, yeah. Those are the casuals. Those are the ones that it starts late September, early October. Maybe maybe mid-September. Those are the ones that it really, like, fall has to be really starting. The leaves have to be changing. The weather has to be getting cooler. There has to be advertisements for Halloween shit. Halloween shit has to be up in the stores for them to really get into it. So those are the casuals. So, go, you know, go through that list. See where you are. It's okay if you're a casual, by the way. Am I the opposite of a casual? Yeah, absolutely. But it's okay if you are. It's 2023. You can be whatever you want. So if you're a casual, hey, that's okay. Hang out with me. Maybe I'll get you a little more excited for it. Maybe I'll turn you into a fan. Maybe you'll start getting pumped forward in August, which would be an improvement. But it's okay if you're a casual. I get it. Not everyone can, you know, spend their time being stoked about a holiday. It might be a childish thing to do. 
I'm going to be 30, and part of me is wondering, hey, should I really be this obsessed with a holiday? Especially a holiday that, honestly, it's kind of for kids, right? Like, it's kids can dress up to be whatever they want for a day, and then go get free candy. I can't do that anymore on Halloween. I'd probably get arrested. Well, now that I have Finn, I guess I have an excuse, but still, still. Um, but to be honest, I, I don't know. Yeah. Part of me is thinking it's sad. You're 30. Get your priorities straight, man. You know, maybe, maybe you should put your, your focus and your passion somewhere else besides Halloween. Um, but then part of me is like, fuck that. It makes me happy. And if you want to, like, if that's what makes you happy and you're not hurting anyone, then fucking do it. Am I 100% proud that I know how many days there are till Halloween? 117? I'm not 100% proud, but I'm stoked for it. And I think a lot of, um, not the secret to happiness, but something that definitely fucking helps is having something to look forward to all the time. So... When we got done with our Disney trip, I was sad. I was like, damn, I was actually looking forward to it. Because it was, you know, it came at a time that life was very stressful. Um, so I was a bit overwhelmed with all that. But now it's like, I look back and I was like, damn, we, we were in Orlando for four days. Um, I knew Finn was safe at home with my parents. I really should have appreciated that even more than I did. And I appreciated it a lot. Don't get me wrong. I had a good time. Um, Go back to the Disney recap episode and listen if you don't believe me. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think having something to look forward to will help with your, your general happiness. Because if you're just sad that something's over instead of having a new thing to look forward to, then that's, you know, that's going to bring you down. And like I said, I don't want to be brought down anymore. I like being up. I like keeping it up. Boner joke. Anyway. Um, so the fact that I could always look forward to Halloween, that brings me some joy. That brings me some comfort. You know? So fuck you if you want to judge me for liking Halloween at age 30. Don't judge anyone for liking a holiday at any age. It's what brings people joy. And if it's something, again, that's not hurting anyone, why? Why even judge them for it? Honestly, I think I'm the one that's going to judge you. I'm going to judge you for judging me for liking a holiday. Get a life, fucking bum. I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, so I'm not trying to spend all my time trying to bring down others. Don't get me wrong. I could. It's definitely in my arsenal. I There's... I want to say there's not a mean bone in my body, but I could definitely rip on some people for some stuff they do. But I choose not to because at the end of the day, I know there's stuff that makes me happy that other people can make fun of. So what kind of hypocrite would I be for making fun of someone else? So I think people that make fun of people for liking Halloween, you know, later in life, should should keep that in mind. Because I'm sure there's some shit that you like that's pretty dumb as well. The thing is, as long as you're not hurting anyone, I know I've said that twice already, just do it. 
Life is too short to be worried about what others think. Ugh, why am I burping? Just woke up. Six o'clock in the morning. Whatever. Um, way too short to care about what others think. Do what makes you happy. Again, if what makes you happy is like murder and fentanyl, maybe, maybe don't do that. You know, let's pump the brakes on those. Let's try to find new hobbies. You know, maybe you could like Halloween instead of, instead of murder. Which is another thing. People are like, oh, you love horror movies year round? What are you, some kind of psycho murderer? Granted, no one's actually said that verbatim, but still, you know, it's the general vibe. You're crazy if you're, you know, trying to watch a horror movie in summer. There are a lot of summer horror movies. I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. This goes on and on. There's more. I know I just named two. And I was like, there's a lot. Here's two. But there's, no, trust me. Uh, Club Dread. Arguably one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a horror comedy. It's from the Broken Lizard guys. It's up there, for sure. So, that's my spooky season fan tier rankings. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, you could not be on the list. But if you're happy not being on the list, then then fuck it. You're happy. That's a beautiful thing. And you should cherish that. And you should hold on to that feeling. Hold on to that feeling. Is that beautiful or what? It was. Um, speaking of the bro- the Broken Lizard guys, I wanted to send them their flowers really quick. I watched Quasi on Hulu. Talked to my buddy Griffin, who I thought would really like it. He was not a fan. He thought it was dumb. I loved it. I thought it was some, some grade A Broken Lizard stuff. Maybe not grade A, maybe grade B, but still some solid Broken Lizard material. It's been a while. Super Troopers 2 was the last thing they put out, and that was, shit, that was before I left for Texas. So it's been a minute since Broken Lizard has put anything out. So maybe my expectations were a little high. Maybe I would have even liked it more if I had set them a little lower. But I thought it was great. And I look back, and I really love all their movies. Obviously, the original Super Troopers, the one that kicked it all off. Fantastic fucking film. Quotable for for days. You've always liked Mexico. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Kyranrod, leader of cola. The list goes on and on. Beer Fest. Beer Fest is a great movie. I used to use that movie as a pregame movie all the time in college. I'd put it on and I would drink to it to, you know, get ready for the night, whether I was going to a party or the bar or whatever. It's great. Um, Club Dread, like I said, horror comedy. Beautiful horror comedy. Great uh, addition to the horror comedy genre. Like I said, arguably my favorite movie. Not my favorite movie. Hots of Time Machine, Everybody Wants Some are still one and two. Freddy vs. Jason and Club Dread are kind of vying for that third spot, honestly. Dazed and Confused maybe in the run for that as well. Um, But Club Dread is awesome. Bill Paxton is amazing with his long hair, hippie look. And then a guy who I've really come to love who's friends with the Broken Lizard guys is Nat Faxon. He's an Oscar winner. He won for his writing for the movie The Descendants with George Clooney. Um, depressing movie. It's really nice aesthetically because it takes place in Hawaii. But overall, it's depressing. 
Um, so don't watch it if you're like, I want to feel good. Unless if depressing movies make you feel good. That goes back to my whatever makes you happy argument. Then go ahead and watch The Descendants. While you're at it, let's watch Schindler's List and The Green Mile. Um, so Club Dread is great. Nat Faxon is awesome. I've been... I do like to... I, I, I've gone years and years and years molding my personality off of celebrities. I find celebrities I want to be like, you know, Jack Black. The Jack Blacks of the world. The Burt Kreischers. Um, so I guess bigger guys, but Kevin Heffernan from Broken Lizard is another one. Him and Steve Lemmy actually had a podcast called Chewing It that I listened to for a little while. They stopped doing it. They stopped chewing it, I should say. <laughs> See what I did there? Because the name of the podcast is, uh, Chewing It. Anyway, uh, they compared to him. So argue, you know, kind of just bigger guys in the industry. It's whatever. I'm cool with it. Uh, but Nat Faxon is one who I actually, when I, when it comes down to it, you know, I've watched his interviews, obviously I've seen him in the movies. I think him and I are very similar, you know, delivery, very similar tone, just the general, you know, coolness, not to, not to brag, but you know, we got that like coolness to us, you know, Biggie puts on shades, lights cigarette. Realizes I shouldn't be smoking in the house with Finn. Realizes I don't smoke at all. What am I doing? Anyway, Club Dread. Great movie. Uh, then you got the Slammin' Salmon. Slammin' Salmon's a good one. That one's underrated. A lot of people don't know about the Slammin' Salmon. The Slammin' Salmon is great. It's the one where they uh, they all work at a restaurant. Michael Clark Duncan is in it. That was one of the last movies he did before he died. And he was hilarious in it. Um, after that, you got Super Troopers 2. Which I didn't think was a letdown. I didn't. I knew going into it, I was like, all right, this is a sequel from an iconic comedy. There's a chance it's not going to be that good. So I went in there with that. That was my bar. And then I ended up loving it. Super Troopers 2. And now this recent one is Quasi. This was straight to streaming. Used to be straight to DVD. Now it's straight to streaming. It's on Hulu. It came out on 420. Very sick. Very sick. Very gnarly. Very cool. Very lit. Very Riz. Whatever. I don't know what these terms are anymore. Riz is like the new one that I'm like, ah, what are we doing here? Rizzo the Rat from the Muppets, maybe? Hey, anyone? No? All right. But uh, Quasi is their new movie. And again, not their finest work. Hundred. If I'm being honest with you, it's not their finest work. But it's still fun. I still enjoyed it. I still laughed at several points. At least, and if not laughed, I definitely smiled at several points. Um, I like how they all play two characters in it. I think that was pretty funny. That was a nice little thing they did. It's good. It's a solid comedy. It's hard to make an iconic comedy nowadays. Like you look back at the 2000s comedies, which I think may be the golden age of comedy. And you're looking at Anchorman, Dodgeball, Hangover, Step Brothers, um, 40 year old virgin, Knocked Up. Like these are iconic comedies quotable for days and days uh you don't really get that anymore bros was one that tried to be an iconic comedy didn't come off well because it was a romantic comedy about gay guys and obviously you know people can say they don't have a problem with it all they want 
But at the end of the day, they don't feel the same about watching that as they do a regular romantic comedy. It's sad that it's like that. Because I hear all the time, there's there's the people that straight up hate it, and those are like, ugh. But then you got the people that are like, I don't mind, you know, gay couples, just don't put it in my face. Which those are almost, almost worse. Because it's like you're trying to say you're a good person, but like clearly it's a problem for you. And I'm one of those that I I, I don't mind gay couples, but bros, bros just wasn't that funny. That's all it is. That's all it is. And I like the people that were like Eichner uh, is great. Anyway, whatever. It tried to be a big comedy and it wasn't for whatever reason you want to you wanna put. I just didn't think it was that funny. Um. I don't think Quasi is going to go down as an epic comedy. You know, it won't be in the same tier as Beer Fest and Super Troopers 1. But I think it's solid. I think it's funny. You know, I'll watch it again someday. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. So, yeah. Flowers to the Broken Lizard guys. I appreciate all that you've done, all that you do. I have yet to watch Tacoma FD, which is kind of like an offshoot of the Broken Lizard guys because it has Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy in it. Those are the main two. Um, so I'll get to that eventually. Don't you worry. I think it's on HBO Max, which HBO Max is now just called Max. They dumbed it down. Again, They were HBO Max, way too long. Way too long. Now that I don't have to say HBO Max, I could just say Max. I don't know what the fuck to do with all my free time, honestly. I have so much. I... I might get in shape. I just might start working out with all these all these extra seconds I got throughout the day. But if Tacoma FD is on there, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. After Succession. And after the new season of The Bear. Then Tacoma FD. Maybe. Because What We Do in the Shadows comes out with a new season on July 13th, too. And then The Witcher just came out with a new season. And I'm watching The Great American Baking Show. Now now you're like, Joe, how the fuck do you have all this time? You have a baby. You have three dogs. You have a job. I got a job. My name's Joe. Where do you find the free time to watch all these shows? Uh, I get maybe two hours a day. Because I would have more. But I like to spend at least some of that time being productive. So I, I, you know, about two hours a day of watching shows. So that's why it takes a while. So if you want me to watch something, I'll watch it. But it's going in the queue, and it might be a while. It's been a while, or it'll be a while, or whatever. You get it. Um, yeah, so I got, I got a lot of stuff on my palate right now. I do. So just want to send those, those flowers, Broken Lizard guys. Thank you for everything if you're listening. <laughs> I'll tag you in this. How about that, huh? And then you could be like, thanks for the shout out. Do you want a million bucks? And I'll be like, yeah, I want a million bucks, obviously. I wouldn't mind it. (laughs) Anyway. You might hear some birds chirping. They're back in the vents. So I'm going to go deal with that. All right, we'll be back. All right, everybody. And we're back. Episode 72, Feel Good Friday. FGF, 7-2. Glad to have you here. In case you haven't noticed, it's just me today. Based off me not telling you about a guest, 
that would be on based off there not actually being another person talking. It's just me. But hey, you know, I'm I'm pretty cool, right? I have my moments. So uh, hopefully you can deal with it. Hopefully you can settle, lower the bar, and let me into your life. Let me into your eardrums. Not like sexually. I'm not into that. But, uh, you know, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. It's a good word. So here I am, episode 72. Now, I got some big news coming out. Billboard, a while ago I went through Billboard's top 50 rappers of all time. Maybe it was top 100 even. But it might have been top 50. I didn't do all 100 if it was 100. They recently, as in a couple days ago, released Billboard's top 50 rap groups of all time. So I'm going to go through that. I'm going to give my play-by-play on it. And uh, fuck it, we're just going to start right away. Number 50 is M.O.P. A little duo from Brooklyn. Lil Fame and Billy Dan's. Um, You know... They, they've been in the, the business for a while, so uh, I guess they earned that respect. Annie Up was their biggest, you know. Annie Up, get that. You know, so that's their that's their big one. But, uh, yeah, so that's them. Black Stars 49, um, also from Brooklyn. It's it's most deaf and Talib Kweli, you know, two of the greatest rappers of all time. You put them together, it's Black Star. Obviously, it's going to be in the top 50. I'm surprised it was 49. I think there are a lot of people that could have been higher than, like number 48, the City Girls. Why are the City Girls number four? Why are the City Girls on this list? All right, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm so frustrated that the City Girls are on this list. And it's a spoiler alert. No, you know what? Fuck it. No spoiler alert. I'll tell you at the end why I'm upset. The City Girls, they're on the list. They're recent, late 2010s. Um, They've been described as their addictive, I-don't-give-a-fuck energy through ratchet, bass-bumping club anthems filled with charismatic, cocksure bars about, emphasis on the cock, sure, about using men for money and splurging on name brands. Here's Here's a quote, fuck that Netflix and chill. What's your net 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 worth? That's great. That's great. I'm really glad. That that lyric has entered my brain. What? You want to know my net 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 worth? Fucking like 20 bucks. In a case of Coors Light. Fucking moron. Ray Shrumman is 47. I don't mind them. They made some bangers. But, you know. Whatever. It's I feel bad. The newer rappers are getting docked just because they're newer to me. Like, I, I feel like they're not as good as some of the... The people who helped build the genre, the pioneers, but they did their thing. Ying Yang Twins at 46. I love the Ying Yang Twins. I grew up on the Ying Yang Twins, Little John and the Eastside Boys, that whole crunk era. Ying Yang Twins were a big part of that. Saw them at the Pearl Room. Great show. Uh, Salt Shaker was their big one. And then they had Wait, the Whisper Song. Wait, do you see my dick? Yeah, that's great. Get Low, they did with Little John and the Eastside Boys. That was also a huge one. That was a fucking banger. That still is a banger. Ying Yang Twins deserve to be on there. Number 45 is Pete Rock and CL Smooth. That's just some New York stuff right there. Um, some old school New York stuff, 90s and whatnot. Criss Cross at 44. I love that. Although, Jump was like their big one. Um, other than that, I... Pfft. Like that, that they they were essentially a one hit wonder. Let's be honest. 
Jump was huge. They had Warm It Up and Tonight's the Night. They had some platinum albums too, but I, I think Jump was just so big that it helped them gain all that. Gain all that, you know. Forty three is Kid and Play, which I actually found out about Kid and Play through Hot Tub Time Machine, and they were like, "You look like Kid and Play." And Craig Robinson's like, "That's actually two people." And I looked them up, so that's some old school hip hop shit right there. Forty two Heavy D and the Boys. So there is a lot of um, a lot of old school stuff as well. There should be, like I said, pioneers. They help build the genre. 41 is Little Brother uh, from North Carolina. Ninth Wonder, Fonte, and Big Poo. Big Poo. Like, come on. I get it. Like, Big Poo's a badass, but your name is Big Poo. Like, Big Poo. Anyway. Uh, Onyx is 40. Well-deserved, in my opinion. Slum Village at 39. Not bad. I'm I'm down for that. The big timers, obviously. That's Birdman and Manny Fresh. Two two uh late, you know, nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. They had some fucking hits for sure. Um number one stunner. That featured Juvenile and Lil Wayne. They get your roll on. Yeah, they were they were at the top of the charts for a while. Still fly was another one. Um good stuff. Eight ball and MJG at thirty seven. I love that. Memphis duo right there. I actually had their album. Um, they, they Well, one of their albums. Their debut album came out in 93. It was coming out hard. Just like I came out in 93, I was coming out hard. Um, then they uh, they were on Stay Fly with 3-6 Mafia in 2005. That was a big one. Um, I forgot what the name of their album that I had was. I'll get back to you on that, but it was great. But I just remember the... you. Don't, won't, come on, you, don't, won't, none. I don't know. That was a good one. Uh, 36 was hieroglyphics. So, there you go. Here's a little quote from them. Rap ain't about busting caps and fucking bitches. It's about fluency with rhyming ingenuity. Del the funky homo sapien from hieroglyphics. I'll take that. We're at 35. 35 was the far side. I like the far side. Very chill kind of music, in my opinion. In my opinion. Um, What else we got? Brand Nubian at 34. That's some old, old school stuff. 1990 debut album. 33 was Goody Mob. Like Goody Mob right there at 33. 32, Two Live Crew. Come on, you know Two Live Crew. Hey, we want some pussy. Somebody say, hey, we want some pussy. Me So Horny is another one. Me So Horny is a great one. Oh, Me So Horny. Oh, oh. Hoochie Mama. Come on. They're great. They're very nasty. They're very nasty, but they're great. 31, Boogie Down Productions. I like that. Uh, KRS-One, DJ Scott LaRock on there. Um, it's, a, it's a very lyrically gifted group of people, and obviously the beats were good too. 30 is Clips. Clips at 30 is pretty... I don't know. Like, they had... Three albums. Um, it was Pharrell had a lot to do with clips. Uh, it was Pusha T and Malice, or well, it was Malice, and I always know Malice. So they they were brothers. They got together and they were clips. And uh, Lord Willen was the debut album in two thousand two. Grindin was their their big hit. Two thousand six was Hell Hath No Fury. I remember that one growing up. So um, they've been around for a while as well, but yeah. 
29 is Gangstar. I think that's low, to be totally honest. I think Gangstar at 29 is pretty low. They have some of the like the best flow, the, the best delivery. The sound is great. Um, the beats, obviously the lyrics, every, everything's good. Um, it was a rapper-producer duo. It was Gangstar. It was a, uh, DJ Premier and Guru. They combined like jazz hop. That was their style due to the beats, you know. A lot of trumpets and that kind of sound. Horns. A lot of horn section. So DJ Premier is one of the greatest DJs of all time. And Guru absolutely killed it on the mic. 28 is the Ghetto Boys. Obviously the Ghetto Boys are on there. So it says, simply put, the Ghetto Boys put Texas and the South as a whole on the map. You had Scarface, Willie D, and Bushwick Bill. Scarface, he's one of my greatest rappers of all time. He's on my list. So then you throw him in there with these two other ones. Um, you can call them innovators, trailblazers, whatever you want. Uh, Mind playing tricks on me was their was one of their big hits. I remember yes, yes, y'all, because uh, it had a verse from. Uh, <laughs> so it goes, uh, well, this is Chuck Dog. Will you ever love another bitch? Fuck nah. What's your position on a snitch, homie? Fuck laws. They say the Beatles was the greatest. Fuck Paul. And the rest of y'all. I'm the little motherfucker with the big dick swinging. Nuts still hanging. Got hoes singing the blues. Ghetto boys in this bitch still banging. It ain't shit changing. Ain't shit changing. It got me hype. It got me hype. And then Scarface gets me hype. And then there's the... <laughs> Willie D. He does the... Uh, play with... Uh, oh, my. oh, no. He says... Ho... I can't say it, obviously. Ho, something make me hotter than Tabasco. Play with my money, I'ma kick you in your asshole. I always used to say that line growing up. So they they had a, you know, they, they played played a part in my life. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster was huge. So still was another one. Still is another one that's really good. They had a lot of hits. They they were they went pretty hard. And uh, I, I'm a fan of Ghetto Boys being in my life. You put like Ghetto Boys versus the Migos, Ghetto Boys would blow them out of the water. I have no doubt, 100%. 27 is DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. You know that Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff duo right there. 26 was EPMD. Um, another New York one, Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith. 25 was the Hot Boys, late 90s, Southern Rap. Um, 1999. 1999 was their second album, Guerrilla Warfare. It actually got to number one on the Billboard Top uh, R&B and Hip Hop album chart. It was Juvenile Turk, BG, and 15-year-old Lil Wayne was in that group. Come on, Hot Boys. That's that's some good shit right there. That's a, that's a hell of a group right there. 24, you had the Diplomats, Dipset Records. You had uh, Cameron, Jim Jules, Joel Santana, and Freak Ziki. Uh, early 2000s, late 2000s type of thing. Dipset anthem. I really mean it. Real, uh, r- real, real guys. You know what I mean? I can't say that word, so I'm not going to say it. I'm going to stop saying that I can't say that word. Obviously, you know that I can't say that word, so I'm not even going to acknowledge that I can't say it. I'm just not going to, you're just going to know, and we're going to keep going. 23 was the Sugar Hill Gang, some of the real, real pioneers of hip hop. Um, I guess influence wise Run DMC maybe Beastie Boys maybe but Sugar Hill Gang was up there um, Rapper's Delight was their big one I'll send a hit hop a hippie to the hippie to the hip hip hop and you don't stop the rock to the bang bang it's that one 
Um, the Lokes, the Locks, at uh, at twenty two. Now, as far as straight up lyrics go, flow, lyrics, delivery, all that, the Locks is up there. Chic Louch, Jadakiss, Styles P. They 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 blended so well. The chemistry was obviously there. Um, man, they were just great. They're just great. They're they're real fun to listen to. You put them on, it's just head nod and shit. You know, maybe smoke a little bit, maybe have a little drink, chill out. Yeah, they're they're great for sure. Twenty one is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Twenty one, a lot of people will say that's pretty low for them, as in like they should be higher on the list. But uh, I guess that's what you know the opposite of low means. I'm an idiot. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony is pretty great. Busy Bone, Wish Bone, Lazy Bone, Crazy Bone, and Flesh and Bone. That's a good one. Uh, Easy E was actually the one that discovered them in 1993, and then they signed to Ruthless Records that same year. Debut EP was creeping, creeping on a creeping on a come up, and then in 1994, the first full length album, E. 1999, Eternal, that came out in 1995. Actually, look at that futuristic shit right there. 1999, and it came out in 95. Crazy. It's a unique style of gospel melodies. So there's that. Cinematic beats. The lyrical flow is great. Ah, The Crossroads was their biggest one. That got to number one. It spent eight weeks at number one. 20 is UGK. A lot of people said that one was too low. Bun B and Pimp C. That's some Houston shit right there. That's Trill. Riding Dirty came out in 96. That was their album. Um, Underground Kings. That's UGK, by the way. Uh, they got mainstream because they did a song with Jay-Z, Big Pimpin' in 99. And then they were on 3-6 Mafia sipping on some syrup that next year. The greatest collab that UGK would do was Outkast's International Players Anthem, I Choose You. Pimp C died at age 33. Uh, it was an overdose, so that was kind of the end of that. But artists from Kendrick Lamar to ASAP Rocky, even Megan Thee Stallion, invoked their style. And Bum B has become... One of the true elder statesmen of the game. I love that. I love that. G-Unit at 19. Meh. G-Unit had like two albums that were kind of big. Um, G-Unit, by the way, was 50 Cent, Lloyd Banks, Tony Ayo, and Young Buck. Which I, I loved them growing up. But man, when I'm thinking about this list, I don't know if they should be as high as they are at 19. Maybe, maybe push them back a little bit. 2003's was Beg for Mercy. Uh, that was their big one. Uh, that had my buddy, Stunt 101. Oh, such good songs. Um, 18 is 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, 3-6 Mafia. Um, Juicy J, obviously the big one. DJ Paul, Crunchy Black, MC's Gangsta Boo. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Obviously, uh, Stay Fly. I gotta stay fly. I, well, even though it's not fly, it's high. But the mainstream one was Stay Fly. But it should be, I want to stay high till I die. It's hard out here for a pimp, actually. They were they were heavily involved in the Hustle and Flow movie and the soundtrack as well. 17 is Cypress Hill. I love that. I love Cypress Hill. Uh, 1991, they debuted with their album. Um, How I Could Just Kill a Man was on there, Hand on the Pump. Be Real, actually, is like, he doesn't sound like that normally, like, his voice like this on the track, man. Like, that's obviously not how he... No- that would be really annoying if that's how he sounded in real life. It's not how he normally sounds. He does that just to make it better. Uh, Insane, the- Insane in the Brain. 
I ain't going out like that. Dr. Green Thumb, Rockstar, these are all huge hits. And number 16 is the Beastie Boys. And I have a problem with this. I think it's a little, little low. It should be higher. It's the opposite of low. Um, License to Ill was their first one. It was Party Rap. These guys kind of just showed that... Now, a lot of people will think of it as like, oh, it's white people stealing, you know, the black people's thing. I don't think of it like, like music is something that should be shared, in my opinion. I think beautiful music is beautiful music no matter the color of the artist. And that's what's beautiful about it. And yet, like, you could be any color, and as long as you're making this, this music that's good, you know, I'll appreciate it. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm not alone on that one. Um, so I think they kind of showed that. Like, they could, they could bring it in. They had huge hits. You know, and it was uh, it was Mike D, Michael Diamond, Adam MCA Yak, and Adam Adrock Horowitz. So it was the three um, Jewish white boys from New York. Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, the way they they blended together was it was beautiful. Like obviously it was planned; it wasn't just on the spot. But the way they would like jump in, finish the sentence, finish the lyrics for each other, all say it at the same time. The hooks were all hard. Uh, but then 2012, MCA passed away. I actually have an RIP MCA tattoo on my arm. People ask me, they're like, what's that? I'm like, RIP MCA. And they're like, did you know them? I'm like, no, but I love them. Beastie Boys are my favorite group of all time. Naughty by Nature is 15. Um, debuted in 1991. They had Tretch, Vin Rock, and DJ KG. Um, so I guess, you know, Trailblazers as well. 14 is the Fugees. Obviously... Um, Killing Me Softly, Ready or Not. Those are the two biggest hits from the Fugees, so I get it. I absolutely get, get it, for sure. Uh, Mob Deep at 13. I guess that's deserved as well. Uh, Mob Deep. <sighs> um, from Death Row, by the way. Mob Deep. Just thought you should know. Um, actually, hold on. Hold on. Death Row, no, sorry. Mob Deep was from the East. Why am I confusing this right now? Death, uh, Mob Deep is, is an East Coast. So they were part of the East Coast when the whole East Coast, West Coast beef was going on. Um, it was Prodigy and Havoc. And uh, yeah, they absolutely killed it. They were great. <laughs> now you're like, oh, good analysis, Joe, you fucking moron. But I'm sorry, I'm tired. What are you going to do? Number 12, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Sure, you know, again, some more Pioneers. Now, number 11 is Migos, and kind of have a problem with that. Number 11, you see who we passed up already? Black Star, Beastie Boys, Run, oh, I'm sorry, not Run DMC, Two Live Crew, 3-6 Mafia, UGK. I don't know. I don't know. Mob Deep. Just saying. Now, they're saying it's culture shifting. They're from Atlanta, the culture shifting trio from Atlanta. They changed the rap game forever. Um, Bad and Bougie was a huge hit from them. That was their first really big hit. Um, actually, Takeoff died just recently, last year. So that's a bummer. But, yeah, shaking up the culture, staying true to their roots. They they were, I guess, a big part of that. So I guess if you're looking at this top 50 and it's like, what impact did they have on the culture? I guess Migos should be up there. But Number 10 is The Roots. I love, uh, you know, we're getting in the top 10 and The Roots are up there. Tariq Black Thought Trotter, Amir Questlove Thompson. Um, they were great. 
The roots are great. Um, you got me with Erica Badu and Eve that got a Grammy for best rap performance by a duo or a group. 1995 debut album, Do You Want More? They're great. Here I Come is another one. You better come out with your hands up. We got you surrounded. I'm in the house changing my outfit. She said, yeah, I'm going to send the hounds in. Here I come. Here I come. Y'all better get ready because here I come. Love that. De La Soul is number nine. I like that. Me, myself, and I um, was the top 100 hit. It's kind of that jazz rap, alternative hip-hop type of uh, type of thing. Um, then you got eight, Salt and Pepper. Salt and Pepper at eight. Now, this is kind of a Beastie Boys type of situation. Hip-hop was predominantly run by males. Salt and Pepper came in, led the charge for female empowerment. They commanded respect in, like I said, a male-dominated industry, especially back in the 80s. Cheryl Salt James, Sandra Peppa Denton, and Dedra DJ Spinderella Roper. 1985's The Showstopper. Um, Actually, a response to Dougie and Slick Rick's The Show. So, obviously, uh, Shoop is one of their big ones. What a Man, Push... Push it, I'm sorry, not push. Push it. Great stuff. So, Salt and Pepper led the charge for that. Made a spot for females in the hip-hop industry. It's why the City Girls are on the list. Number seven, Eric B. and Rakim. I like that. Lyrically, some of the greatest of all time. Number six, Public Enemy. I was a big Public Enemy fan growing up. Chuck D., um, Flavor Flav, Terminator X, Professor Griff, all that. So, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back in 1988, Fear of a Black Planet in 1990, uh, 911 is a Joke was one of their big ones, Fight the Power was huge, Fight the Power, uh, Don't Believe the Hype, By the Time I Get to Arizona is one that I love, um, uh, Give It Up, yeah, they got some great ones, for sure. Run DMC at number five, Run DMC is uh, starting the top five, that's good, Jam Master J. Joseph Run Simmons and Daryl DMC McDaniels. East Coast hip-hop in the 80s, for sure. Them and the Beastie Boys were real tight. So that's why I'm surprised the Beastie Boys were so far back. But Run DMC deserves to be in the top five, absolutely. Number four is A Tribe Called Quest. I like that. Um, Let's see. Number three is NWA. I remember Straight Outta Compton. One of my favorite albums of all time. I got that. And it's just a super group when you break it down. Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy e MC Ren, Arabian Prince, DJ Yella, like some of the biggest names in the 80s and 90s of hip-hop. And you put them all together and it's, it's amazing. Fuck the Police was huge. Fuck the Police was like an anthem. And you couldn't even play it in some places. They, they didn't want you playing it. Like Detroit, there was a huge thing. So... Good job for uh, NWA being in that top three. Number two is the Wu-Tang Clan. Of course the Wu-Tang Clan is in the top two. Uh, A lot of people said they should have been number one. They said they are the GOAT of hip-hop groups. Um, Entered the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers in 1993. Obviously a huge part of their dominance. A huge part of their claim to fame. It was an amazing album. It was an amazing album. You had the RZA, the GZA. Old Dirty Bastard, Inspector Get and huh, Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef, You God, Ghostface Killer, and the Method Man, Master Killer, and later Capadonna came on to join the group as well. Just some of the best MCs of all time, and they all killed it, and it was great. They came at you hard. They didn't give a fuck. The lyrics were intense. 
Loved it. And the number one outcast. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, man, I, I don't even know where to start with outcast. Miss Jackson. Hey, yeah. Speaker box. The love below is one of the greatest albums of all time. It's a double album, but still it's awesome. Um, now they haven't, I think they, they've been, they split. They're not doing shows anymore, but I like to think, because, you know, they were quoted and one of them was saying nothing lasts forever. Their legacy might, but they they won't. But, you know, if nothing lasts forever, then maybe the, the split, the rift, won't last forever either. You know what I mean? Big Boy and Andre 3000 have moved on to other projects. They've kind of circled out of each other's lives, but distinct voices echoing across the annals <laughs> of hip-hop in perfect harmony. They set the gold standard for rap groups. They were pretty um, opposite in their styles, and I think that's why they got together so well. Andre 3000 was kind of that higher-pitched, you know, R&B, soul kind of thing. Big Boy was a straight-up rapper, so it was. Uh, they were they were great. AT Aliens. Um, oh my God, Stink, <laughs> Stinkonia. Southern playlist of Cadillac music. Like, come on. It's the legacy. It's a beautiful thing. Outcast is number one. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Here's why I'm pissed off that City Girls made the fucking list. And uh, Migos were on there. And even some, uh, you know, some people that, some groups that I didn't think should be on could be taken off for some groups that I think should be on. Jurassic 5. Where was Jurassic 5? Huh? I don't see Jurassic 5 on there. I don't see Jurassic 5. Beastie Boy should have been higher. D12. Why don't we have D12 on there? That's my biggest gripe with this list is no D12. Are you fucking kidding me? D12 World is a huge album. Huge album. My band, hit. How come? Hit. Like, I don't know. I guess if it's influence, maybe they shouldn't be on there. But again, I feel like they should be. D12, you have Eminem in your group. You're bound to be a top 50 rap group of all time. And them not being on the list, I think is a fucking travesty. Proof was in there. Bizarre. Oh man. Um, and then CNN was another one, not the news channel. I don't know why they would even be considered CNN, Capone and Noriega. Capone and Noriega were great Two, two, in my opinion, two of the best rappers from the, uh, nineties, early two thousands and all that. They came together. They made CNN. It was great. Stomp the shit out you was a banger. CNN, what, what? Stomp the shit out you. MOP, what, what? Stomp the shit out you. Say, don't doubt. Say, don't give a fuck about you. Hit at you, within at you, when knock something out you. Oh, the song gets me pumped. I used to listen to that song working out back when I <laughs> used to work out. And Slaughterhouse was another one I thought should be considered. Granted, their, their run was not that long. Um... Long lasting, but Slaughterhouse had Joe Budden, Joel Ortiz, Royce to 5'9", and Crooked Eye. Again, four great MCs, and they came together and they made some good shit while they were here. So, um, in my opinion, those are just some that should have been on the list. They uh, they were not, and that's a bummer. In my opinion, in my opinion, this is America. We all have opinions, and that's my opinion. So, all right, that's the Billboard Top 50 Rap Groups of All Time list. I don't agree with all of it. But it is what it is. It's etched down. Tell me what you think about the list. I mean, come on. Not having D12 in there. What are we doing? CNN, maybe I get. Jurassic 5, maybe. Maybe I get. 
But D12, what are we doing, Billboard? What are we doing? Get it together, yeah? Happy birthday, America. All right, everybody, I'm back. Don't you worry. Episode 72 keeps on trucking, keeps on rolling, keeps on going down those tracks. The train keeps it chugging. Don't worry. Here we go. Um, I'm not trying to act all happy because right now I might be on the brink of madness. Your boy Joe might be turning into Craven the Hunter. And no, I don't mean that I'm becoming ridiculously handsome like Aaron Taylor Johnson in the new Craven the Hunter movie. Or just how Craven the Hunter looked in the comics in general. No. I mean that I'm becoming a hunter. Not of lions or tigers or exotic animals that are really beautiful yet dangerous. No. Of flies. Flies. There's been a massive fly outbreak in my house the past two days. And people, it's driving me up a fucking wall. I swear to God. Every time I open my eyes, there's a fly somewhere. And it's really bugging me. No pun intended. It's really bugging me. But then I got to thinking. Maybe it's not just because it's summer or, you know, a door was left open or a window was left open or yada, yada, yada. Maybe this is something deeper. Hence my drift into madness, like I said earlier. A little dip into insanity. Maybe, maybe, this is a hidden camera movie. Found footage type of film. It's a found footage reboot of The Fly. Now you may ask yourself, what is The Fly? What are you talking about? Is that a movie? That's a fucking movie. There were actually five of them. There was the original Fly in 1958, Return of the Fly in 1959, Curse of the Fly in 1965. And I was like, all right, that's it for the Fly because the original Fly from 1958 was a big hit. And then obviously, as horror movie sequels do, they just kind of got a little worse. Now, that's not always the case for horror movie sequels. Don't worry. I know there are better ones. Aliens is better than Alien, in my opinion. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is better than Nightmare on Elm Street 1, in my opinion. Jason Lives might be better than the original Friday the 13th. I don't know. Anyway. So those were the original three. Then they did a reboot, a remake of it in 1986 with Jeff Goldblum. Now that was a big one. That was a big one. Um, That one actually got a sequel in 1989, just titled The Fly 2. Um... Basically, like I said earlier, it's it's about a it's about a scientist who ends up transforming himself into a human fly hybrid, and it's terrifying. And it's one of my favorite Jeff Goldblum movies, if not my favorite. Um, so now I'm thinking, some Hollywood studio set up cameras at my house without me knowing. I'm a deep sleeper, so maybe they waited for you know. Finn was sleeping, Cassie was gone, the dogs were sleeping, I was sleeping, and then they came in, they set up cameras, and then they just released a fuck ton of flies, and now I'm finding them and killing them one by one, but eventually, I'm going to start to love them, and be infatuated by them, and then I'm going to want to be one of them. Hence, the human-fly hybrid of the original two movies, not the original two, like the original was 58, but then, you know, there was 86. I'm saying... The, the original The Fly movies, the original and the reboot, very confusing. Don't know why I'm making it so confusing, but hey, I am. That's life. You know, maybe this is the new, the new spin on it. You hate them at first, you're killing them, you're whacking them with flip-flops. 
and whatever you can find, little rolled up mail. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to slowly just, you know, they're in your dreams because they're flying right by you as you're trying to sleep. And, zzz, bzz, bzz. and once you're like, they, they get into your brain, your mind. And then you become, you, you, in your mind, you become a fly mentally, but not physically, but you want to be one physically. And so begins the journey into madness and the journey, the experimental journey to become the human fly hybrid of 2023. <sighs> I really hope that's not the case. I really hope that's not the case right now. I still got my sanity. Most of it, uh, that's debatable, but I still got most of it. Um, we'll see what happens in the following weeks. If the fly problem dies down, if the flies die down, um, if they don't, I'm buying fly traps. I'm sending them up. I like it's, it's a little bit crazy. How many, how many flies I've killed in the past couple days. So it's starting to just become an annoyance more than anything an inconvenience, but Hey, maybe, maybe I'll try to make it fun. Maybe I will act like Craven the Hunter and I'll put some more paint on and I'll creep up and whoop-bam. Just like the surfer dude. You know, the waves come in like whoop-bam. And that's how I just whoosh, whack flies from now on. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. All I know is that right now I'm dealing with a fly issue. I'm dealing with a major fly issue. And I don't know if I'm alone. I haven't asked my neighbors if they got fly problems. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I do my best to clean up after Finn and the girls, make sure there's no things left out, no food left out, because I know that would attract flies. So I got that base covered. Maybe I just stink. I've been taking some big shits lately. So maybe the flies are attracted that to that. I don't know. I really don't. The girls, are, Theo has shit in the kitchen twice in the past five days. Twice in the past five days. So maybe the flies got a whiff of that and they were like, we're going in the fucking house, boys. Jackpot. I don't know. All I know is that I don't like it. I'm not a fan of the flies. Except for the movies. I like the movies. But if the movies start to become my life, then I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan. So, anyway, that's my rant about the flies. Fuck them. Hope they burn in hell. Uh... Anyway, what, what good do they do anyway? What do flies do? They're annoying. Burn them all. Um, earlier, when I was talking about the Billboard Top 50 rap groups, I know you may hear that segment and you're like, Joe doesn't know hip-hop. I'll tell you what. My love for hip-hop is not as strong as it used to be. No, that is true. Growing up, though, hip-hop was my life. I used to rap. I used to rap. I opened up for Machine Gun Kelly and, you know, Hobson and Tech Nine and all that. I had a great time doing it. I still write from time to time. If I hear a nice beat, I'm like, damn, I want to get on that. I don't listen to as much new rap as, um, as some people my age and obviously a lot of people younger than me. But I still listen to the classics all the time. The M&Ms, the DMXs, the Ludacris, 50 Cent, all that. So I know my hip hop, motherfucker. So don't come at me. And try to be like, Joe doesn't know hip-hop. Joe's a country fan. I'm a new country fan. My country fandom is not even two years old at this point. Not even two years old. So as much as I feel like country is my niche, I relate to the lyrics the most, like Luke Combs, 
when he said, I got a job and my name's Joe. I relate to that because I do have a job. And guess what? My name is Joe. I still love hip hop though. You know what? I love metal too. And I love rock and roll. It's okay to like, you, you shouldn't be pigeonholed to one genre of music. You shouldn't be cornered into this, this one genre. Like I like multiple genres of music. I love multiple genres of music. So I love country. I love hip hop. I love metal. I love rock and roll. Love Alton. Kind of, well, I, I like alternative. I'll be honest. That one isn't so much a love, but that's, it's definitely a like, you know, I like pop punk. It depends on the day. I like drop rock. I like yacht rock. It depends on the day. It just depends on the day people. So So don't come at me and being like, Joe doesn't know hip-hop. What is he talking about? Why is he talking about this top 50 list? Joe knows hip-hop. Joe knows hip-hop. I could talk, if, here's my example. If I'm at a bar and I, you know, stumble into several groups, one one group is talking about hip-hop, I could stay with them for a while. And I could keep up in the conversation. I could pull some deep cuts out too. And then I'm like, all right, guys, we'll see you later. Have a good night. And then I walk over to the next group. And the next group is talking about metal, heavy metal. I could talk about them. Or I could (laughs) not talk about them. I could talk with them as well. You don't think I know all the members of Cradle of Filth? You don't think I know Danny Filth, a.k.a. Daniel Davey? He's been the lead singer since 1991. Martin Skarupka, a.k.a. Marthas. He's on drums and keys. Daniel Firth, bass. Merrick Smyrda, guitars. Danny Burbage, guitars. Zoe Marie Federoff on the keyboards and the female vocals. You don't think I know my shit? I know my shit. I know the Slipknots and the Meshuggahs and the Tools and the Avenged Sevenfolds and the, like I said, the Cradle of Filth and the Mastodons and the Hate Breeds and the Mushroom Heads and the System of a Downs and the Gojira and the Kill Switch Engages. I know it. I know it. Now, I know some of you may hear that and be like, oh, Joe doesn't know real metal. Fuck you. I know metal. Come on. I can keep up. I can keep up. Devil Driver. Oh, Devil Driver. Now you still listen to them a lot. Devil Driver and Cold Chamber. Love that. Obviously, Godsmack. Disturbed her up there. Mudvayne. Corn. Man. So, just saying. If you had any doubts that I loved hip-hop, I hope this clears it up. Don't have any doubts. Joe knows hip-hop. All right, I'm going to take one last break, baby. One last break, and then we're going to wrap this thing up burrito style. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 72. I had a good time. I hope you did as well. Uh, I know this sounds like I'm saying goodbye, like the episode's over. It's not. We got one more section, so let's take this motherfucking break, and then we'll come back, and we'll wrap it up, and it'll be beautiful. And then I got Nick's wedding this weekend, and we'll see if I could actually get a podcast on there. I said I was going to do one at my sister's, and it didn't happen. It fell apart, much like a burrito or a taco or just, you know, Mexican food in general. It just kind of falls apart, but it's still delicious, just like the wedding. It was still a lot of fun, um, but hopefully it can be a little bit more organized and uh, maybe maybe do a, a wedding special this, this go-around. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Break time. Coming back. Wrapping up. Let's go. All right, everybody, we're back wrapping up episode 72. I know. I know you're bummed. I am too. I wish this could go on forever. 
Like the never-ending story, it'd be the never-ending podcast episode. But this one, like all good things, must come to an end. So that's what we're doing right now. We're wrapping it up burrito style. I just had Chipotle yesterday, so uh, no uh, no burrito today for me. Plus, I just had breakfast, so I'm kind of full. You know, nothing sounds as good when you're full. When you're hungry, obviously, yeah, anything sounds good. Shit. Not shit. Like, I wouldn't eat shit if I was hungry. If I was really hungry, maybe. No. Uh, no. Okay. No, we're good. We're going to scratch that. Uh, that Because that's not, it's just not true. It's not, I wouldn't eat shit if I was hungry. That is true. I'm not even considering it. The consideration part, that's not true. I'm not. All right. Well, you made this awkward, Joe. Good job. Um, before I go though, Disney plus just released a bunch of, um, old school animated shorts. Um, like the 10 minute ones, maybe even six minutes. So obviously when I saw that the skeleton dance was one of those from 1929, old black and white, little, little creepy thing, no words, just owls, bats, spiders, cats, black cats, obviously. Not to bring race into it, but black cats. Uh, and then skeletons in a graveyard just, just having a good old time. Such vintage, spooky Halloween stuff right there, and I love it so much. I wish it was more than six minutes. I wish there was a repeat option. You just you put that on a loop. I don't know why I whistled right there. That was a weird sound effect to use, but I did it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rolling. But uh, alas, it is six minutes, and uh, it's a beautiful six minutes. It's a really beautiful six minutes. Another one we watched was uh, The Ugly Duckling. Uh, very sad. Very sad. I had never watched The Ugly... I heard the tale, no pun intended, of The Ugly Duckling. But I've never uh, read it. I never watched it. And it's a little nine-minute thing. And I was like, damn. Like, I'm feeling emotions. I'm feeling sad for this little guy. Because um, it's like a swan who ends up with a bunch of ducks... And, like, the dad duck and the mom duck and all the kid ducks are like, you're fucking ugly and we hate you. We hate you for being ugly. Like, they don't talk, you know. There's no talking in it. It's all quacking and honking and chirping. Those are some of the animals in it to give you a little preview in case you haven't seen it. And they're, like, really, like, they're just constantly, like, giving them that mean mug. Like, fuck, I wish you weren't here, you ugly fuckling. Hey, that's funny. That's not that funny. I shouldn't have like stopped to acknowledge it. Stopping to acknowledge a joke means that it's probably really funny. And that's just not the case for that one. I'm going to keep going. Um, So they're super mean to this little duck. And I feel duckling, well, gooseling, gosling, Ryan Gosling. um, And I just feel really bad for it. And it's like, it's the stupid cartoon from the 30s. And here I am just feeling emotion watching it. I think being a dad has has made my emotion, has turned my emotions to 11. Um, honestly, because I, I feel a lot more. Cheaper by, the, Cheaper by the fucking Dozen was on the other day with Steve Martin, not the new one with Zach Braff and Gabrielle Union. Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt. And I started, I started tearing up. Started tearing up at when, when Mark runs away. And the music, play, like that sad acoustic guitar, piano music. And you could just see Steve Martin, the worry in his face, and Bonnie Hunt, too. And it's like, that's, you know, it's a fear as a parent. You know, I can't imagine Finn running away. I would, I'd be heartbroken. I'd be scared. I'd be everything. Uh, not everything. I wouldn't be happy like that. That So I wouldn't be everything. Okay. Wow. 
this is like that's like four times in this outro and it's only been four minutes that i've like fucked up and said the wrong thing so maybe i should just wrap it up yeah i should probably wrap it up um but anyway the ugly duckling so the ducks the duck family the mom the mom duck dad duck the little ducklings are all like super mean to this little guy because he's a honking and he's a happy duck too he's like i love being alive honk 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 and uh the other ducks are like maybe you shouldn't bud maybe maybe you shouldn't and he gets sad he runs away the ducklings and the ducks they ditch him ghost him if you will not to bring in new terminology to an old school cartoon but they they kind of ghost him and this duck gets really sad and he starts walking around and you know he's pondering life contemplating life um little last resort by papa roach playing those little duckling airpods probably and then these birds start chirping at him these little bird these baby birds they're chirping at him from their nest and uh he gets all happy and he gets all excited and he runs up there and all the little birds are the baby birds are loving on him and they're like we love you we don't know what you are but we love you and then mama bird comes back and tries to feed her baby birds and then the ugly duckling tries to take the worm and uh, mama bird's like wait a second you're not one of my birds give me that fucking worm back and get out of my nest you little shithead and uh chases him for a little bit and then he gets sad again and then he goes into the pond yes i'm telling you the whole story of the ugly duckling that's true um goes into the pond and finds this wooden duck which i believe is a hunting type of tool thing i don't know um so i thought i when i saw the little wooden duck i know that's man-made i know that's a hunting accessory i i was like oh shit the little duckling's about to get his little duckling brains blown out but uh alas that did not happen the duckling thought that the wooden duck was like his friend because it looked like he was constantly smiling kind of creepy and then it started to like attack him in air quotes you know it started bobbing up and down and then it hit him on the bob and the little duckling was like what the fuck got all scared and then got all sad when it started floating away it's like wilson and castaway so it's all sad again. It's sad again. It's sitting on the edge of this rock. I think. I think. It's it's singing some Hollywood Undead. My legs are dangling off the edge. The bottom of the bottle is my only friend. That one? Yeah. I think that's what's going on. Maybe not Last Resort. Maybe that one. Uh, but right before this little duckling is about to end it all. That's not. That's not implied by the way that's just what i thought the little duckling was going through bunch of little geese swim by walk by swim by whatever and they start honking at him and the 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 little duckling is like what honks i honk you guys honk too can we honk together and they start honking they're having a honk party it's a honky tonk party honky yeah and uh they start swimming around and they're having fun and then they swim back to their mama, Mama Goose. And then the little duckling, I keep calling him the duckling. Obviously he's a goose because he looks just like the geese that come up to him at the end. Uh, I'm sorry, a gosling, baby goose. Uh, and they swim back to their mom and he gets all sad. He's thinking he can't come with. Mama Goose comes over and says, hey, takes him under her wing quite literally and says, you're one of us now, little man. 
And he's so happy and he's swimming with them and he's having a great time. He's so happy. He's lifting his head up. He's proud. And then the ducks, the asshole fucking duck family from the beginning, they're at the edge of the water and they start quacking at him. And he looks and obviously Disney couldn't do it because especially, you know, not even now, but they definitely couldn't do it back in the day. But you could tell he just wanted to flip him the bird. No pun intended. Just wanted to give him a big fuck you and say, hey, you guys didn't know what you had and now you lost it. And I'm going with my geese family. Adios, amigos. Quackers. I don't know. Yeah, and then he swims off and then, uh, yeah, fades black. It's, uh, it's a beautiful little cartoon. And uh, for nine minutes, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have felt the emotions I did, but I did. So, but it's beautiful. I like to feel things. It lets me know I'm human. It lets me know I'm still here. All right, that'll do it. Thank you all for listening. Episode 72. We'll see episode 73. I'll try to get a guest on. I'll try to get multiple guests on. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. But this was a fun one. I enjoyed this one. So thank you for listening. And uh, like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Like I said, if you're one of my listeners in other countries, please hit me up. I would love to talk to you. I would love to be like, how did you find me? What do you think? What's life like in that other country? Is it like, do you guys celebrate 4th of July? Probably not. Don't know why you would. Dumb question. Sorry. Do you hate me now? Am I an idiot? Yeah. Cool. So, all right. I'm out of here. You feel uh, good Friday. Feel good Friday. Come on.